Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. How is everybody doing today? Happy Thursday, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever day or time it is that you're listening. So excited to be back on the mic with you guys and I have a really exciting episode for you guys. But before I do, I wanted to say my quick suck and sweet of the week and also ask how you guys liked last week's, or last week's, Tuesday's bonus episode. I know it went up a little late. It was actually meant to be the intro of this episode, but it was just too long and I wanted to give you guys a bonus episode because I wanted to share that piece of it, but I thought maybe I'll make it its own separate thing. So let me know how you guys liked it and if you like bonus episodes or what you want to see on the podcast in the new year as well. But really fast, suck and sweet of the week, and then I will let you guys go because this combo with Ashley is one, very long, but very important and really exciting, and I'm so glad that we finally get to share it with you. So my suck of the week is that it is the awkward period between Christmas and New Year's where it's like, do I work? Do I relax? Do I prepare for the new year? Like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And in all honesty, I should be packing and I should be working because office is technically closed right now the law firm that i work at but i will be out an additional week from my trip when the office reopens and there's a bunch of stuff going on right when i get back so i will be working a little bit this week to prepare for my absence and so my senior associate and my partner are able to take on my caseload for the week that i am out but you know not really a suck it's just like an awkward like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but like I have so much to do, but also like I want to take off time because it's holidays, but you know, have you ever been there? Let me know if you've been there too. And yeah, what do do you like to do? How do you motivate yourself during this period um, on the days that you're not focusing on rest? Because that is also very, very important. And my suite of the week is that I'm going to Ecuador soon. Finally, um, you know, I mentioned it in the intro but actually we leave on Saturday the 30th. So this intro is a little bit closer to when I'm actually leaving, but I am so excited to finally go to Ecuador and I'm really going to use this trip as an unplug, but of course I will sneak in some pics and videos for you guys while I'm there. So stay tuned if you don't follow me already at Kayla Moran, it's linked below, but I'm really excited to go and just be in nature and unplug and unwind and we're doing a spiritual healing bath and a massage and if you guys have been here for a while you know i love massages i love facials i love treating myself and i'm really excited for this experience and just i'm so so excited i i don't know how many times i can say that but i can't wait to show you guys and if you've ever been to ecuador let me know your recs below or below as if this is a real um in the comments or in the reviews or dm me email me but i can't wait to share my trip with you guys so stay tuned for all of that i do have an exciting episode for you guys that i think everyone has been looking forward to it's one that i've always wanted to do but i didn't want to do it by myself so i'm excited to have my friend ashley bernal on the podcast she's a fellow miami blogger and influencer and we're talking all about sex relationships intimacy friendships all the things and there's a little bit about social media and influencing in there as well and her audience has been dying for this episode so if you're a part of ashley's audience it's so nice to have you here thank you so much for being here i hope you join me at the let's get candid podcast on instagram and tiktok i hope you enjoy this episode so thank you guys so so much for listening if you liked it please leave a rating and review please subscribe to the show share with a friend screenshot tag us as you're listening and i will see you guys all in 2023 meet ashley
Ashley, what's something that people wouldn't know about you just from following you? I think people assume that I'm very like extroverted and like sociable, which I kind of am, but I'm definitely a little more kept to myself in real life. It takes a lot for me to like open up to someone new and I'm not very like eager to do so, (laughs) so quickly. Like, I feel like I'm just a very like kept to myself kind of person. Like, yeah, I'm fun and all of that, but I, I just feel like I don't need to be the loudest person in the room in order to like, just be, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like I don't need to be like the center of attention kind of thing. Like I prefer not to actually, which is ironic with the career that I chose, but um, no, I'm the same way. It's so funny. Like that's actually like, that's a really common answer. When I ask this question, people are always like that. I'm more introverted than I, than people think I am is usually it gets like some sort of like that. And it's so true. Like I, people think that I like to be the center of attention and don't get me wrong when I'm in the mood to be, yeah, I will. But like in reality, and most of the time, like I don't want the attention on me, like, yeah. or everybody's atten- like, if I, I want one person's attention on me, maybe yeah. like not everybody's. <laughs> so I feel you in that. And yeah, with the career that we chose, like, but at the same time, what people don't understand is no matter how authentic or how genuine it is, we're still the ones choosing when to turn the camera on ourselves. 1000%. And like, I will go on crying after a bad day. We're going to get really deep in this episode. Like, I don't mind, but there is days where you won't see me come on or like, I just forget to, because I'm so busy and you're not yeah. seeing, like, I am 100% who I am offline, who I am online, but there's more to me going on that you don't see online. Like my real friends, not that you're not my real friend, but like my personal, like <laughs> no, in my you. real life friends, they see me, they see more of that. Right. And like the people online, I have my moments. We all have our little like stupid quirks and things. And like, sometimes I'll catch them on camera and I'll show them. But a lot of times, like I'm not turning the camera on myself in those moments because I'm in the moment, but like, exactly. It's like a matter of there's this, I guess like misconception about people in our industry where everyone thinks that we just like turn on the camera and like, we're like super confident. We turn on our personality, whatever. But some days it's like, we really don't want to do that. You know? Like we rather just be a little more chill, a little more reserved. And I think we're allowed to do that. I feel like there's also this almost like expectation from followers and from like just people in our industry. I hear it all the time where people just think they're entitled to like every single part of your life. And that's not the case at all. I think privacy is something that I I hold like very true and near to me. And I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. You know, like I, I hear a lot about the term like gatekeeping and like how people think that oh you you tag like a or you don't tag a shirt that you posted and it's like why are you gatekeeping that so maybe I just want to go to like this one small boutique and I don't want 500 people there because they're gonna get the shirt that I want like stuff like that you know what I mean yeah no for me if I don't tag it it's because it's old like and I just can't tag it (laughs) nine times out of ten no it's so true and like I'll talk about everything and anything but there's like you know names or locations location or like yep. specific like there's like little things like I'll fudge it a little bit just so it's not you want something for yourself like you want like exactly. it, let's say like perfect example like you know neither of us are going out tonight particularly but like if we were recording an episode and going to happy hour with their friends like our in real life friends it's like you want to still have a story to tell them like you know that you didn't already share to somebody else or like hundreds of people listening and it's like little things like that. I think it it goes, it like you lose the art of like really being like genuine, I think, because exactly. And I try to be as much as possible, but you know, there's, there's the not so fun and glamorous sides and I try to show yeah, those too, sure. but 
yeah, I privacy think, is um, hard. It's hard to be yeah. private in the public eye because if you give an inch, they're gonna take a mile. And like, if you even open up that door, they're they, yeah, they think like, oh, you shared it once. Like, we want more. And it's like that's okay if you step back and be like, actually, I'm putting up a boundary. But it's a lot harder when you've already been sharing it for so long. So it's like you have to be very careful with when you're gonna share something new, how much you want to share. Like I always say, like you have a boyfriend and you share him sometimes, like. I made it very clear to my friends, like on social media, it will look like I don't have a boyfriend. If, if, and when I do, you won't see it. Like you won't know because I, that's something that like, they're a part of my life, but they are not my whole life. My children, when I have children, same thing. Like I've, I know what boundaries I want to have. They're just, I'm not at the point in my life where I need to set them, but I know what they are. And you just got to choose for you what the right boundaries are. For me, it's like, I used to be in like a very public relationship. I've been on Instagram for almost like six, seven years already. Uh, but I didn't take it seriously until like 2020. I used to be in a very public relationship and I was posting him all the time. And it was like a long-term thing. It, it ended on like a sour note, but in retrospect, it's great that everything happened the way that it did. But all of this to say, it used to be very public. I used to post like every second of every day with him. And now I just value more privacy in my relationships. I don't think that You need to be posting your significant other 24-7 to almost have the validation of someone thinking that you're happy on social media, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree. And just because you are posting that you are in a happy, healthy relationship doesn't mean that that's really what's going on behind closed doors anyway. So it's like, you have to look at it. Yeah, you have to look at it from that side too. Like people think like Instagram is what you see is what you get. And no, it's a highlight reel. And as much as there are people like us that show like the not so pretty parts, like the end of the day to some extent it will always be a highlight reel because you're not walking in our shoes you're not seeing the inner workings of what's going on and the behind the scenes exactly but that's actually kind of what we're going to do today we're going to go a little bit deeper on that which i think is really cool at least in the dating relationships so, and sure. into intimacy side of things which is something I was telling you off air it's like I've always wanted to talk about i just like didn't really know how like to do it by myself and it's like not everyone wants to talk about that but yeah, I, was, exactly. I wasn't gonna ask people to talk about that but then it kind of happened while we were dming and I was like perfect like we can I can have this conversation now and also it's been a year of the podcast I feel like people have grown up with me I feel like now is a good time to do it too as we're approaching cuffing season quote unquote and yeah all of those things but really fast before we jump into that how did you become quote unquote the girl next door because that's kind of what you call yourself people love to ask you questions like as like a big sister or like girl next door how did that kind of come about I think it's cool that you do that I just curious how it happened thank you so much so um that nickname has followed me pretty much since I was in like middle school I had this like guy friend who we were like watching that 70s show one day and he was like you're such a girl next door you're just like Donna how like Donna was Eric's neighbor you know yeah. And it was that whole thing where it's just like the girl next door. And obviously when you're in middle school, you're not going to pay attention to like, oh my God, this could be a really good branding opportunity. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I just like, you know, lived my life, whatever. And um, when Instagram started, I had my first like Instagram account when I was in senior year of high school. And my whole thing was the girl next door playing into that little nickname from my uh, childhood, I guess. And your new BFF. Like I always wanted people to be able to confide in me or at least go on my page and not feel this sense of comparison, this sense of attainability. Like I always wanted to make sure that 
I was an open book and also just a safe space and somewhere where it didn't matter who you were, what kind of uh, person you were, where you were from, whatever, you were always accepted on my page. And you always felt this sense of just comfortability and safety. And, and at the end of the day, just felt like you were hanging out with a friend kind of thing. And it's really ironic because nowadays, whenever I meet like uh, my IG friends in real life, they're like, okay, you're literally exactly like you are on IG versus yeah. like in person, which is, I think it's wonderful that like I'm able to translate my personality on a screen. Like, I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, I don't yeah. think you get like 100% of my, like, I wouldn't say it's dry humor, but more so of like, I'm not monotone, but almost like kind of just like very, like I have a deeper voice for a girl and I kind of just like very like, uh-huh, sure. Like I'm very blunt. I think that's the, the right way to put it. It's like, you don't quite see that as much on Instagram. Like you'll see that more in person. My real life friends, like I, I'm very good at tough love and it comes across on Instagram of like, just like by the way like this is what's going on in the world like you should know about this or had a rough day but it's gonna be fine like I just think I don't like I'm very emotional and I'll come on crying but at the same time I'll just be like you know it was a bad day but tomorrow is gonna be better like I'm just very like kind of like realistic and to the point and that's how it comes across on Instagram and I wish I got more questions to have like more conversations with my community on stories so people can really see that side of me. Yeah. That's kind of why I love the podcast so much because you really get to, you you hear me and my narrative and my thought process in a way that you don't quite get on Instagram. We have each have our own way of like doing it. Like you threw questions, me on the podcast, like with my, my guests, like I'm not, like people don't really, like we have questions tonight, but like we don't always have questions on the podcast. It's like kind of just going with the flow and letting it happen. Yeah, I have a sure. very, I have a very like blunt take. I'm the girl that people come to for advice, but then I can never take my own advice. So <laughs> it's really funny because before I followed you on Instagram, I followed your podcast and that's what kind of led me to like, you know, going through your Instagram or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this girl seems like so just cool and down to earth at the end of the day. Like you just seem very salt of the earth, just, you know, like no Thanks. drama, no, like, <laughs> I don't know, like no typical influencer yeah. thing. You know what I mean? So it's really refreshing. Yeah. I mean, I won't say there's no drama because there's no shortage of dating stories <laughs> to go around, but in the influencer side of things, yeah, I don't really, I'm the type of person, like if there's a lot of drama going on around one person or one thing, I'm like, I don't want to know. Like that's just too much to keep up with. I have enough going on in my own head. Like that's a lot of energy for me. I guess it's like boundary that I've set. It's just like, I'm not interested. My friends and I, like we have enough going on. Like I'm helping them already, like helping myself. I have stuff going on at school or work or life. Like I love pop culture as much as the next girl, but that's not my whole life. Like I'm not going to devote an hours of my week to knowing what's going on with the Kardashians. Like, do I care? Yeah. Do I know what's going on? Sure. But like, do I know the inner workings of it? Like some people? No. Trust me. I'm trying to dissect what's going on over here. <laughs> like, <just laughs> so you know, but I really appreciate that because it's funny when people find my podcast first, which is always weird to me. It's, and then they get to know me. It's like, they see a different side of me. And that means yeah. the world to me that people listen and people want to be on the podcast and want to have these conversations with me because it, it allows me to, to really show how much to myself that how much I've grown, how much I've come a long way. And it makes me softer and more compassionate and more friendly. And that side of me is now what's coming out on my Instagram, on my personal Instagram. And it's been really fun and refreshing for me. And I've like the podcast, I wouldn't like a year ago, I was not, I'm not the same person I was a year ago when I started the podcast. So it's, it's funny that that's how you found me. And you're like, she's really cool. I'm like, 
you probably would have hated me when we were kids, but <laughs> growing up, but now like, I'm a much different person. And I think it's important to recognize that people are allowed to change and grow up and evolve. And, you know, especially influencers like cancel culture and all of that, the drama that a lot of times happens, it's like people make a mistake or they're not, they, they like something that they used to say they hated or vice versa. And it's like, how dare you? And it's like, I'm a human, like things happen. Like, or it's like, you're like, you're parting it up now. Didn't you have a boyfriend? It's like, well, thanks for making me now have to say that I broke up with him. And like, you know, yeah, I can't exactly. live my own life. Like, you know, it's, it's hard growing up in the public eye or living your life in the public eye. And in a way, like, again, we're turning the cameras on ourselves. It's like a mini reality show. Yeah. And it's hard. It really is. I think the part that you were saying just about just people almost forcing you to admit things that maybe you're not ready to talk about yet and all of that. I think that's like just such a, just a bad part about what we do because people expect you not to have boundaries when it comes to this like career. And it's like, if you don't have boundaries, you really won't be able to live life the most authentically, you know? Yeah. And that goes for real life too. Like setting boundaries with people in your personal life, your friends, like you know, as we all grow up and change, we drift apart. French, some friendships get stronger. Some friendships drift apart. You make work friends. You're allowed to have different types of friends and different types of people in your life. And some of my closest friends, I don't live in the same city, let alone the same state as anymore. I don't talk to them every single day, but we're still really close. Or I talk to them every single day about the dumb shit that happens. Yeah. Something is going on. Like, you know, it's like, Hey, like, I know you're really busy at work, but if you have an hour, like I really need to talk to you. And they're like, all right, schedule it like here's when I'm free like let's talk like what's going on like we're allowed to grow up and change and yeah like being a content creator influencer it it being in this industry like putting the camera on yourself it, it's an extra layer of like learning when to set boundaries and that's a very big like buzzword right now everyone's learning about it the importance of it and you know if it wasn't for setting boundaries like I think majority of people wouldn't be as not stay sane but kind of it's like you need to have that peace like you need to know when to like all right shut the world out and I need to take time for myself and what do I need like tap into what's really going on and work through it and actually that's like one of the questions that I got that we got what would you do if you weren't a content creator or influencer and I feel like we've been talking so much about like the downsides of it um and which we want to talk about the positives too which we'll get to at the end but like what would we not what would we be doing if we weren't doing what we're doing now I think that I would be it's like different sides of the spectrum completely I would be either a child psychologist or a chef (laughs) yeah very yeah I um, briefly studied psychology in college, ended up leaving college just like midway because I realized how much of a passion I had for social media and really wanted to like almost bet on myself and see what I could do with it. And it was still such an interesting career for me. I I think at the root of it all, I, I just love helping people and I think I could be really helpful in that field to others. And ironically, my, my boyfriend studies psychology. <laughs> so it's, it's very uh, funny. And I just feel so like inspired by him every day because he's so compassionate with people and um, with kids, especially. And then chef is just uh, one of my, I guess, like hidden passions, hobbies kind of thing is just cooking and mostly just finding healthy alternatives to things. I I just love experimenting in the kitchen. I've always loved just food in general. When I was a kid, I used to cook with my grandma a lot. And um, 
yeah, that's kind of what I would be doing. How about you? It's funny that you say that because my cousin, she's 15 and she either wants to be a child psychologist, but she also loves cooking and she just loves food in general. So that's like, oh it was gosh. like, I like, you said that I was like, my cousin, I actually really want to ask you about like your decision to leave school. Cause that's like, I talk yeah. a lot about entrepreneurship and college and like, if it's like college is right for you, grad school, like all of that on the podcast too, but I went all the way through school and more school. So it's like completely opposite. But if I wasn't doing this, I honestly don't know because I always wanted to be a lawyer and I probably in some way would have still be a lawyer. I was always going to finish out what I started. I just think getting involved in content creation and social media when I did it in 2018 in college, when I was blogging, like really back in the day, that was my outlet. And I now am a lawyer for creators and influencers and helping with the branding of that. And I feel like it just came kind of like I I got to blend both worlds and build the perfect career for me. So I feel like I would have probably still done law, but I probably would have hated my job. Um, And I wouldn't be happy with what I was doing because it's like, yeah, I fulfilled a childhood dream, but I'm working for someone else. I'm living a life just doing, yeah, making a lot of money, but all I do is work all day. And I don't think I would have been fulfilled unless I had the flexibility of traveling a lot. But I mean, I, I still get to have that now. So I honestly don't really know what I would do if... I wasn't creating content or being an influencer. I have no idea because I I mean, yeah, I think I would be a lawyer or some sort of business person, entrepreneur, but I'm still all of those things. And like, I'm, 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 I think I would be, I also, I think I would be doing what I'm doing now. Like I would have fallen into it somehow, some way, instead of making the conscious decision to be one, but I kind of fell into it and I don't, I don't know. Or like, and this is very dark, but I don't think I would be here to be completely honest with you because blogging and creating content has been my escape for so many years and the friendships that I made through it through Instagram have become truly some of my best friends in real life and I don't yeah to be honest I really don't I don't know or I don't think I would even be here that's crazy how you know yeah we we choose to put the microscope on ourselves but it could also be really positive in a lot absolutely of we're gonna jump into questions now so someone said I'm 21 and still haven't lost my b card I feel like such a loser any advice and so I'm 24 for reference how old are you 26 okay so you're a little older do you want to go first um yeah you're not a loser first off whoever sent that question Um, I think it's really easy to feel like a loser in these times of life where you're in your early 20s and you just see a lot of things going on around you with other people. I've always said that the reason that we feel so less than when it comes to like, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I feel like everyone around me had a boyfriend and I felt this almost pressure from society or from just like my peers in general to have a boyfriend, to be in a relationship at all times because I, I just didn't feel myself without a partner. And I don't think that's the case. I think, first of all, that breeds a lot of codependency and and we really don't want that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's really easy to feel like that, but I don't think that you should feel like a loser because if I look back at whatever age I was when I went through that, I wouldn't have have done it, honestly. I don't think I regret it, but I I just feel like knowing what I know now at 26, I don't think that I would have gone the path that I did just because it was just an out of the way 
thing kind of like oh so my friends stop asking me about it you know what I mean I'm I'm with you like my answer is is similar like I'll, I'll tell you when because I think I've said it on here before I was 16 so it's been about eight years okay I was 17 so yeah and and that's old for most people you know in high school and at least yeah. when we were in high school I feel like I, I don't know I feel like it gets younger every year to be honest which is probably why she's saying she thinks she's a loser, but I really don't. I, yeah, I don't call yourself that because to be honest, if I would have, if I could have, I wish I would have waited. Like if I could have, I would have. Yeah. And, and I mean, I could have, but like I, I tell my cousins, my younger cousins this all the time. Like I, I wish I would have waited. I tell my friends that all the time. I, you know, thankfully it was, I wasn't in a relationship with him at the time, but it was my first boyfriend ever. And we both, I remember we made the conscious decision to be like, we both want to lose it and we want it to be with someone we know. And like, we want to be with each other even if we're not together anymore so like it was my ex but it was also my first love yeah and like you know we made that decision together to like you know both lose it to each other to at that time like whatever it was like this whole thing we're friends now and it's like really funny like we're oh, really, like, nice. have, like, like well I'll tell you that that's another story off air but um <laughs> like of how we became friends again because it was it's weird but like I yeah I, I honestly I wish I would have waited and I think the longer you wait, the more you know what you want, the more you know what's important to you, the more you're not going to settle and you're not going to compromise yourself. So I, I don't think you're a loser. Actually, I commend you. I like, I'm, I, I wish I could be, I wish I could say the same. Like, I honestly wish I would have waited. If I would have waited till I was 21, I would have been completely out of college already because I graduated early. But honestly, I, I don't like looking back, like, and I'll, I'll be completely honest, out of all of the times I've had sex and all of the partners that I've been with, which aren't that many, but only a handful of instances and very, and I think truly like, one or two people that I actually like not that I don't like that I regret the other ones because I don't but like that I actually could say I enjoyed it and like you know so I think like and I was I was older in those times in those situations I was I think I was like 19 was the youngest but I think that the one particular time that I'm thinking about I was I was 20 I think 19 or 20 20, 2021 around there I know it was right before I graduated from college so I know I was I think yeah I must have been 20 and like you know, the older I got, the better it's gotten because I know myself. I know my body. I know what I want. I know what I like. I know who I like. I know that there's so much more to intimacy than physical attraction or chemistry or that we like the same things or that we're friends and that we go to school together. Like there's so many other things that make intimacy and sex so much better than they are. So I don't think you're a loser at all. And I'm I'm sad that you're saying that. And I hope yeah. that no one else is saying that. And if they are like my best friend from law school says, fuck them. Like they're not your friends. They don't 1, care about you. You don't need them. You don't need that. You don't need that energy in your life. Like keep like until you feel deep down for yourself that you are ready, keep holding on to it. There's nothing wrong with that because you, when, when the time is right, you will be so glad you waited. For example, like when I have children and that time comes, like I know for a fact, I'm going to be like, I'm going to give you all the facts. I'm going to arm you with everything you need to know and all the tools, all the things. And I'm going to be like, if you want to like almost to like reverse psychology, like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to almost to the point where I deter you from doing it not in a malicious way, but like, are you really sure that's you're ready for that? Because it's not just sex. And it's not just like, don't get pregnant. Like there's so many other things like it can stall your development, it could stall Absolutely, your emotional yeah. well being your mental health, like all of that for me was tied in. I don't know about you. But 
it it took me a very 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 long time to heal from you know I think yeah I was only 16 but I felt like that was really young I shouldn't with him I'm glad it was him but at the same time it's like I wish I would have a lot of things that happened since that that one instance like wouldn't have happened and I wish certain partners and certain people and certain situations wouldn't have happened and I had a lot of trauma from that for a very long time and honestly it wasn't until this year 2021 2022 that I really learned to forgive myself I think every partner that you're with every person that you're with every friend every person that comes into your life like you learn something from them and you want to be open to those lessons and I feel like the the earlier you start you kind of like you're blinded by like the fun and like everyone's talking about it and it's so cool and the movies and the media and this and that and you don't really see it for what it is it's how important of the thing it actually can be I don't know what's what, what's your take on that for me I just feel I the same way that I feel about the whole question and, and the whole like oh I'm uh, 21 and you know the v-card and all of that is the same way that I feel about drinking before you're 21 I feel like it's the same kind of stigma and I didn't drink until I was 21 and I remember feeling like a loser and feeling like that same societal like pressure and all of that. But I also look back at just my dating history. And I started dating when I was 13, which is far too young. I know now as a 26 year old. (laughs) Um, And it's the whole thing. Like I I totally echo the sentiment that you said about, I I wish I would have waited. I wish I uh, just would have yeah, just waited until I was ready until until I felt the person was right until I felt that could handle the repercussions of what would happen with doing that and and just the emotion that you go through. And this sort of almost I don't know if this happened to you. But for me, after my first time, I just felt this attachment to a person that I didn't actually really like at the time, like I, I, I felt like I just got it out of the way. But I also felt super attached. So I felt like stuck. I was like, I don't know if I could leave you or if I just need to stay with you for the rest of my life because we did this, you know? Yeah, I it's funny because like, he was my first boyfriend. I so I was I didn't date until I was 16. Had I like talked to guys and like messed around? Yeah. But like truly like dated that was my first boyfriend and in reality we did for a total of two weeks and then (laughs) four and a half years on and off after that oh wow so yeah there's a whole story there if you're listening to this hi (laughs) I don't know if he listens but he still follows me and he like congratulated me when I passed the bar he texted me and I was like oh my heart um like you're such a pure soul Um, that is so sweet (laughs) if you're listening love you um (laughs) But yeah, like, it's like, we even, we've talked about it. It's like, we had no business being together and we had no business want, we want, it's like, we call it puppy love. Like we wanted so badly to be in love and be together, Yeah. but we didn't love each other. We didn't know what love was. So it's like, I can say, I love you now to him. Cause it's like, it's almost like, it's a joke. It's funny. And like, it's sweet. And it's like, it's puppy love. Like he is my first love, but cause he taught me a lot about what love is and what love doesn't look like. And we've, we've talked about it and you know, all of that, but it's so funny. Like I didn't have this weird attachment to him, but like, I will always like all the the ones in between, like, uh, like, I I can pinpoint a couple, but like, like there's so many that I don't remember, but like there's him, I, you know, you will 
will always remember that one time. And I'm grateful that it was him. And I know he could say the same, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's like, I think the, the more you wait, the more special it is. And like, that's so cheesy to say, but it's it, yeah, really true. But it's so true. It's, it's so true. really true. And I don't know if you listened to Sex with Emily. I think I've sent this to you, but for whoever asked this question, she actually had an episode fairly recently about someone who called in who was 26 and hadn't had sex yet was waiting and she's like I want to get it over with I feel like I'm ready now like I actually I waited because I wasn't ready now I'm ready at 26 and like how do I do it and she was like if you've waited this long just keep waiting like you don't want to throw it all away just to do it now that you yeah you now you know you're ready but like you're going to set yourself back if you just rip exactly off the it's almost like it just why would you throw it away in like heat of the moment scenario yeah. kind of like thing. unless you you again you have to like unless it's a really good one night stand that like it's right. gonna be worth it then sure go for it all the more power to you but you have to really think long and hard to yourself like because yeah to, unfortunately it's true biologically to women like we are gonna get attached a lot easier once that step is taken it's just biological yeah. we know that and it's really hard to do casual yeah <laughs> at least for me like I we were talking about this off air like I wanted to I, I, I'm in the point in my life where like I would love to do casual because I unless he is willing to give me a hundred percent what I'm looking for in a romantic sense I'm I don't want I, I either want that or nothing and like so like I can do casual in certain circumstances, but at the same time, like if I'm not going to get my needs met, then it's not worth it to me. And because I know myself, I know what I like. I know my body. I know what I'm interested in. And I, I read a lot. I listen to podcasts like sex with Emily. I'm very in tune with what I like, or I'm learning to be at the very least. Yeah. Like when it's not meeting my needs, I, I'm willing to walk away. I think the older you get, the more you're able to do that. And I think at 21, just keep waiting. Cause at this point, like it's going to be all the more better when you do meet the right person. And probably the first time probably not going to be that good. Cause it's not that good for anybody, but like nope. a few more <laughs> times after that, it'll probably be really damn good. And I, I wish I would have waited at the end of the day. I really do. So yeah, don't call yourself a loser. Cause you're not, I like, I promise you're not a loser. I, I I'm a firm believer of like, signs from the universe and just like everything happens the way that it's supposed to 100%. and I feel like since this person has waited so long it just means that the person that is for them is just so wonderful and so amazing and they're like on the road to them you know you can have so much fun still without that like have fun with your girlfriend like yes both like there's if if that's what it is if it's like the like the social like aspect of it like go have fun with your friends like fun with yourself get to know who you really are yeah and what you like sexually intimate intimately with yourself talk about it with your friends learn from their mistakes their experiences that's why we're sharing this tonight like take all of that with you and learn from it and enjoy your own company and you know kiss a lot of guys like have a lot of fun but it doesn't mean you have to go home with them at the end of the night I'm the queen I mean, you're in a relationship now, but like me and my best friend, we are the queens of like dancing all night. We'll kiss a guy at the bar and then we're going to go home with by ourselves. Like just her and I, like, it's like, it was so much, so much fun. Thank you guys so much for buying us drinks. Like we'll talk to you later and we'll never talk to them again. And like, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that. Like it's fun. Or like, we'll literally take turns. Like who's going to get the guy at the end of the night? Like one, one of us. so fun. Like we'll literally take turns because we have the same type and there's usually only one. So it's like, which one's going to get him that night? And it's a game to us and it's fun and we enjoy it. And like, so it's not that serious, but if you're going to go for that step, 
it is that serious. And like, I want you to take stock of it and like really recognize that this is an important step and you want to, you want to make it as pleasant as possible because it's already not a pleasant experience, you know? Exactly. It's really just Be safe and, and just be aware of the person that you're doing it with. Make sure that, that you feel comfortable with them. It doesn't have to be this like, person that you're going to marry you know yeah. like it, it probably be, won't be yeah definitely it probably won't be <laughs> you know it, it's just it's just about yeah just just be safe and just be mindful of the person that you're with communicate a lot I feel like if I could go back to that time in my life I would be like communicating more with the person like this feels good this doesn't um, Dude, stop what we were like- talking about off air that's literally <laughs> what was happening and that's why it didn't work out so communication is so 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 important (laughs) like that's the beauty of it like you you you've played with yourself you know what you like you know what you don't like you can tell them and it makes it so much better when you do like for me what I was just saying like I asked for something and they weren't willing to give me that and that was a sign to me like this isn't what I want if you're not willing to give me that then what else are you not willing to give me outside of the bedroom and like that's important to to settle Yeah, like I have a whole blog post, really why I refuse to settle. If you haven't read it, I highly, highly recommend. I'll link it in the show notes. It's so, so important to not settle for anything, especially relationships. But if you've waited this long, don't throw this whole moment away because it's so, so important. And I think it teaches you a lot about yourself. I think every experience, especially sexually, intimately, like it really, you learn so much more about yourself in that way. And just like in general, like I... I've learned the most about myself reflecting on past relationships and past situationships and past like people in my life and and from my friends as well. When was your first kiss? You said you started dating at 13. So you were really young. I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 16. So when was your first kiss? My first kiss was at 13. Yeah, mine was 14. Like I said, around 14, I started like kissing people and like playing like doing stuff but I didn't have sex until 16 and I'll be honest there was shit that I did between 14 to 16 that I had no business doing with someone that I wasn't having sex with and that I wasn't in a relationship with so just like if you're gonna go there make sure you're doing with someone who you trust you don't have to marry this person but like you don't make sure that you know you trust them they trust you it's kept between you two. It's a safe space. Like you're, but you're both still figuring out that that the, those scales are even. If there's like one person who has more power or control than the other, and usually that comes with age, like be very, very careful. Like, yeah, I think the guy that I was 14 and he was like 16 and he knew a lot more than I did. And I, and I yeah. think God, almost every day, whenever I remember it, that I put a stop to things when it happened because I regret those situations and I was 14, 15 years old. And that's why when it came down to like, I was no longer with my ex, but it's like, I, at this point, like I've cut it too close too many times. Like if I'm going to go there, I want to be with someone that I trust and that I know right. I want it to be you. And he felt the same way. So at the very, very least, make sure that you have that, like communication's hard. That's something you have to work on. Yeah. And it, it's really, really hard, but at the very least, make sure that they respect you. Like Mm -hmm. that's like the bare minimum, like make sure that as a person, they respect you. And as a, as a friend that you are a friend that you can talk about it. If not before, definitely after like, or during, (laughs) or during shit. 
if all if if we would have known then what we know now yeah things would be so much better (laughs) it's wild but yeah yeah mine was 14 and it was a pop kiss it came out of nowhere I was on a cruise and he was like like we were talking about he's like have you ever been kissed before and I was like like, do you want to I was like no not really and out of fucking nowhere and I was like okay guess I've had my first kiss now like wasn't looking for it didn't really can't even tell you his name I know what he looks like I remember that but like I I want to wipe all of that from my memory. It was awful. So mine was in sixth or seventh grade, I think. I was like either 12 or like turning 13 or something. Before I like officially dated someone at 13, I had like a crush on this guy. We were kind of dating, but like dating in middle school is just like, I like you. You like me. Walk me to class. Like, oh, I have a story about that. So yeah, there was one day where it had been like weeks. It, I think it was like in between like spring break kind of thing. And we came back to school and he, uh, the guy's best friend comes up to me and he's like, so and I don't want to say that. <laughs> so and so wants to kiss you. And I was like, oh my God, mind you, we've been quote unquote dating for like three months. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. And then <laughs> I'm like walking to my class and I see him pull up like right next to me and he's like, oh, hey, I'm like, hi. And he literally grabs me, pushes me to like the fencing of the school and the whole entire like homeroom class is there like waiting for us to kiss. And they're like, kind of love that for him though. A for effort. And <laughs> like, a lot oh for that. That's a whole production, was, but like, I kind of love it. Nuts. It was so crazy. And then he like kisses me, but it's like one of those kisses that lasts like 0.1 seconds. And it's like, that's it <laughs> yeah that's what mine was but mine was in like my room on a cruise <laughs> oh we got God. ice cream I remember I know I had ice cream in my hand <laughs> like one of those like coats <laughs> like, <somewhere. laughs> like it's so stupid but so funny like you say it's like dating in middle school so what my childhood best friend we've been best friends since we were 10 mm-hmm. so I dated this guy <laughs> for two weeks sixth grade all we did we both it was the first time we both had phones like phones are so new it was like a sony erickson like slide up phone like it was nothing crazy all i could do was text like t9 and i remember we would text each other and he would hold my hand and that was dating it was a whole two weeks she ends up then dating him afterwards for like a year still friends like me and her are literally best friends like we're like scarred for life from that experience like oh my I, I, don't gosh. I, I don't I never kissed him I literally oh never gosh. kissed him I was 10 in sixth grade I was 10 I never kissed him like oh she did my gosh. but like it was like me and her like we're literally it's like we forget that we both dated the same guy because <laughs> in reality I did nothing but <laughs> You're like Eskimo sisters. <laughs> yeah, kind of, but like not. And it's really funny. But God, middle school dating, like that's like so innocent. So like, and like, it still should be that innocent. Like at in middle school, yeah. like the beginning of high school, like I wish it was still that innocent. Like those stories are so fun. And like when, so whenever we get together and we like start going down like memory lane and we're like, we'll remember that. We're like, oh my God, I can't believe that was a thing. And like all the stories we could share about like all the different guys in middle school that we had crushes on and like all the drama with like, I remember I had homeroom in homeroom eighth grade. My table was, I, it was like, it was the art room. So there was one mm-hmm. table, it was just two people and it was me and the hottest guy in our grade. And every oh girl God. was so pissed <laughs> I was homeroom buddy and like him and I got really like we're still friends like now like we got pretty close like as close as you get in eighth grade just like talking right. for 20 minutes in homeroom every day but every I literally all of them hated me in eighth grade 
because I was close with him and they all wanted to date him and they were dating him. And it's like, I was the little sister. Like they did, he didn't see me like that at all. Yeah. They don't know that. And it's like, they heard, of course that I had, and like, I'm like, we laugh about those things now. And it's like him and I will literally will laugh. It's like, remember when we had homeroom together? <laughs> like, oh man, if the, like, if we could go back, the stories we would tell from those days, oh. like, it's so innocent. I miss that. Like, it's so fun. I like, I honestly, like, I wish we could go back to that kind of like, that's the kind of relationship I want now. Like that fun, innocent, like that to me is intimacy conversations. Like, yes really like this like this is in a way it's intimacy like with friendships with relationships like coming home at the end of the night I've had a long day from work and it's like do you need a hug do you need a massage like here's a glass of wine can I make you dinner what do you need like how can I be there for you tonight like and doing that for each other and that that to me is more intimacy than anything else and it's it's the it's really like the little things like sex is important and don't get me wrong I there's like I I know what I like in the bedroom and I'm gonna ask for it now and like we can talk about that too but like foreplay to me is so much more important and it starts with that that little like hey like are you okay like or like you know like like grabbing my shoulders and being like are you good like do you need dinner like my dad I see my dad do it to my mom all the time it's like she'll be at the computer it's nine o'clock at night it's like hey like we're eating dinner or watching TV. Like, are you going to come join us? Do you need anything? Or like, he'll bring her a glass of wine because she know, he knows she's going to be there for another few hours. Like my dad will do that to me sometimes. Like just knowing like I'm still working it like on a podcast. Like today I asked him to pour me a glass of wine for this one. But like sometimes yeah. he's pouring himself, he's like, do you want a beer? Do you want a glass? Like, do you need, like, did you eat dinner already? Like, are you hungry? Like I'm warming this up. Do you want some? Like that to me, like I see it in my parents and I think not everyone has that. I know, but yeah like we see that on tv sometimes too or books and it's like those are the little things to me that are intimacy and like that to me is it's foreplay at the end of the day it's like you know if I'm feeling good and I'm feeling relaxed and de-stressed and like I see that they want to connect to me on that deeper level I'm like gonna be a lot more willing to go there because I know we're on that level we're on the same wavelength but if it's just like hot and heavy all the time it's like all right like then it's it just, gets routine like, almost. Yeah, it becomes routine. It's just not fun anymore. And I think I was going through the motions growing up, like, you know, 16 to 20 of sex. I was just going through the motions because that's what I was expected. You know, it's, it's expected. It's college. You're seeing a guy. You like them. They like you. Like, you're supposed to do those things. And I was just going through the motions. And at the end of the day, it's like, I just felt empty. And it wasn't yeah. until 2021 that I really looked at myself. And I was like, I mean, my dude, there's like a, a dark moment, but like, thankfully have never been assaulted or anything like that it wasn't that but it was the moment where I realized like do I really want to be here and I had to like reevaluate and I was like you know I'm gonna stop because I don't I don't want this right now this isn't the life I want like I want to have a relationship like he was a friend with benefits and it's like no like I want a relationship I don't want casual anymore I want intimacy I didn't know at the time that's what I was looking for right but now I do two three four years later and like when I ask that of a person now they're and they're not willing to give that to me it's like all right I'm gonna step away let's be friends didn't work out see you later and you know it's awkward but at the end of the day I'm happier for it at the end and and we're all happier for it at the end of the day because it wasn't gonna go anywhere so I think it's really important to recognize that there's so much more to sex and intimacy than the actual act of sex itself definitely I think to your point about the communication and just how that falls into just um you know like foreplay and all of that I think it's so 
special to have this like line of communication with your partner, with whoever, you know, you're with, where you could just almost glance at them and they just know what you need, what you're craving, whatever. And it's like, you know, not pertaining to like sex specifically, but just like anything like, oh, do you need like a glass of wine? Like you said, but I, I know that in my relationship, communication is super important and super um, fundamental to just like things running smoothly and, and having our moments of intimacy and all of that. I think it's so important. Communication is just like such a major thing for me. I think if you're not communicating, there's no sense of almost honesty, if you know what I mean. Like I, I, I feel hey, like you're holding back. You're not telling them what you're yeah. thinking. It's not like those thoughts aren't running through your head. Exactly. It's so funny. Like I, I like talk to a lot of guys on dating apps and like half the time, 90% of the time, they don't go anywhere. They're just like texting until it fades out. And it's like, all right, moves on. But I've kind of used those. I don't know if you ever did this when you were like dating or if you've been on dating apps, but I have a story. I kind of use those as like gauging, like how intimate can I get with someone? Like I'll share little pieces of myself in that. And like, and it's, and I'm never to this person. If they share that to whoever, like it literally means absolutely nothing to me because I don't know this person. And it's like, it's a way for me to test out. Like, am I ready to go there? Am I ready to have that conversation? Am I comfortable having that conversation? Like, you know, it's really, it's a really cool way for me to test that for myself. And with the last person I was seeing, like, I played the Serena Kerrigan let's fucking play card game that game highlighted for me a lot of things that were like this is just not going to go forward and that's important to me if playing a card game that's meant to be fun it's meant to be insightful but it's meant to be fun at the end of the day and like we're both uncomfortable playing this when if I were playing with you or like my girlfriend or like fuck my brother like it wouldn't be weird like because we're also me and my brother are very open with each other like we we know way too much about each other's sex. I've yeah, my, my sister and I as well. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a little bit more normal than my brother. But <laughs> like this guy, I, my brother was with me the night I met him. Like they met, the night I met him. Like, oh my gosh. Um, my brother and I were out at a club or a bar. I think it was a bar. You know, like it just, it goes to show like having those questions, being willing to have those conversations. Communication is so, so important. And it's foreplay to me. Like that is hot. Like where if I could have a deep conversation with you and you get me or you're, if I'm nerding out about something and you are like, Oh, tell me more. I think that's so cool. Like, what did you learn? Or like, Hey, did you learn something new at work today? Like, what'd you do today at work? Like, Oh, that's really cool. I, my parents, when something's going on at work and my mom is really excited because she solved the problem at work or my dad figured out something at work. My parents are really excitedly talking about it. I'm like, I see the, 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 the connection, the deeper connection. And that to me is like, I want that. That's what I want yeah. more so than like the hot and heavy, like, hell yeah, I want that too. But like, that's such a small portion of it. It gets stale at some point kind yeah. of thing. But uh, the story that I was going to tell you, speaking of dating apps, I actually met my boyfriend through a dating app. But the way that it started is very funny because it, it, like you said, when you go on a dating app, you're just talking to a bunch of guys at a time. And then it just fizzles out. There were like four guys before I met my boyfriend on hinge hinge is the best dating had, app it's amazing it was my first time on an actual like dating okay, app. i hate those people not gonna lie whenever it's like he was my first day on a dating app or like my first he wasn't day. though he wasn't but though. it's like one of the first ones or my first time on a dating app <laughs> like, oh, you guys like that's not fair so i okay let me let me backtrack to give you some context uh i had that long-term relationship we were together for three and a half years we broke up I was single for like about a year and then I met someone else and that didn't work out. So we broke up as well. And then 
at the moment that I was like about to give up, I was talking to my best friend and I was like, I'm just like so fed up with like fuck boys and just like people who don't follow through on promises or like people who talk more than they walk. You know what I mean? And she was like, you should just try a hinge, like see what happens. I was like, I mean, like, I have nothing to lose at this point. Like, fuck it, I'll go on Hinge, whatever. So I go on Hinge and I like sign up, do the whole profile. We were doing almost like a, <laughs> like a bachelor, like the bachelor kind of thing. But like, she's long distance. So like, she lives in the Keys and like, we were just texting back and forth. And I was like, do you think this guy's cute? Like, I don't know. I like his personality, but like, I don't know. He looks like really cool, but also like really douchey, like whatever. And then we landed on my boyfriend and she was like, this guy looks like exactly your type. And I was like, I saw him like earlier, like two days ago. I just didn't like swipe or anything. Cause you know, like when you go on hinge, you can just like refresh everything for the following day. And then you end up getting like the same stuff, especially me that I was just in my area. Like I was like, I do not want to go too far. (laughs) Like I was like, if I find the right person, it's going to be like in my area. So I put the location in my area. It's proven that your person is like in your, like a five mile radius of where you live. It's wild. And I'm like, exactly. I live in a very sleepy part of Miami. So this isn't going to work very well for me. (laughs) So yeah. So I sent my location and I sent my friend the photo and she's like, this guy looks like just your type like he looks like a funny guy he looks like an SNL cast member Saturday Night Live is like one of my favorite shows yeah and um I love a funny guy like I love humor that's like one of my biggest I guess like turn-ons or whatever and I was like okay whatever like I'll, I'll shoot him like a light just to see like what happens so I like one of his photos and like I think he didn't respond for like a day and then when he finally responded he responded to one of like my prompts you know how it gives you like the voice prompts or whatever One of them was like, uh, what's your ideal at-home date night? And I said, oh, something along the lines of like wine, charcuterie, and a good comedy. And he replied directly to that. We like match. And he goes, oh, I'd love to make that date night happen. I was like, oh, I prefer date nights not at home. But I get what you're saying. Like, you know, we were trying to just like, I guess it was just like a little bit of banter or whatever. But I love that. That's my number. If we can go banter right away, like that's a good sign. It was so, it was just so fun. And he immediately got my number. And this goes back to the whole communication thing. We talked that night, that same night that we matched for literally until like two in the morning. And it was like, not surface level, like 21 questions. It was like, what was your childhood like? Like, cause we found out that we lived around the same area where do you go for like a good drink? Like, what's your favorite restaurant? What, what did you learn when you were, he went to private school. What did you learn when you were in private school? Like just getting really into the nitty gritty of life. And I think that's what attracted me to him so much, how open and like willing he was to just divulge so much about himself to like truly a complete stranger. But that was like the moment that I was like, okay, this person might be something real. Yeah, and I know like, I'm 100% off. like that's, and it's so hard when those don't work out. Cause it's like, damn, we were really like, I mean, that's not what your case, but like I've had so a few of those and I'm like, it just, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out, but yeah, like the quicker we get off of the app and we're texting and we're voice noting and we're calling each other, even FaceTime, like I, you know, I'm here for it because it's like, all right, that's the, that's like the surface level, but like, you need to actually get to know me. Like, I'm not gonna, exactly. and I, I will like, I'll be like, if I'll, I'll be the one to make the move, I'll be like, all right, like if I'm really in this conversation, you can, t- I'm going to go to bed, but like text me and we'll keep talking tomorrow. And if they can keep talking tomorrow, like, and they keep it going and it flows like great. If they don't text me, no harm, no foul. That's it. Or yeah. like, 
after one day of texting, it just kind of fades out. Great. No, I think that's so cool. Like the banter. It's definitely like the type thing. Like I get so much shit from my type because it's not really like a Miami thing. Like I like white boys. I love a Southern boy, but I like a guy who can dance. So it's like, I need a guy who is maybe not from here originally, but has been down here enough that yeah. they appreciate Miami and they love the culture and they love to dance or at least have rhythm. And like, I could teach you, but like, you need a be into it yeah and it sucks because on paper this guy was like everything I was looking for and it and like you know I'm glad we're still friends and like and it truly like I think once the awkwardness goes away we would actually be really good friends but it's like it's hard because it's like it's such a limit it's a small capability like a small group of people that that yeah. will that that will fall into that and it's like my mom was like you need to <laughs> I don't know if you watch housewives but the housewives no. of Miami the mom one of them Alexia Echeverria she dated she married two Cuban guys first her third husband's like a white guy and her mom like her mom's dying wish was that she married finally married a non-Cuban guy she did and like so far it's I mean they just got married like a year ago but like you know it's like yeah it's you know it's so far yeah. so, so far so good and like my mom was always like don't don't marry Cuban don't marry Cuban don't marry Cuban and so I've always gone like complete opposite white guys she's like maybe you do need to date a Hispanic guy not a Cuban guy but like maybe you do need to go for Hispanic guys what you're looking for and I'm like I'm not ready to go there yet like I still hope <laughs> that the white guy that can dance is out there but you know it's a tall order I know but it's really funny that you say like that your home's like he's your type like funny guy whatever it's like we all have our things that we look for but at the end of the day banter communication respect like those are like the big ones and to me like I'm a very ambitious person I need you to either work as hard as me or more than me or more so that you can respect my hustle because if you will learn to resent me if you will start to resent me then so will my kids then so will your family. And it's just, it's not going to end well. And like, that's just not a life I want to live. And sadly, one of my, I say one of my greatest exes, but like we, the reason we didn't work out is because of that. Like what he wanted in a partner, what his family wanted were two very different things. And he wasn't willing to stand up to his family. And it's like, I'm not, I might be what you want, but I'm not what they want. And this is just never going to go well. Yeah. Like, especially if he can't if he can't like stand up for what he wants because at the end of the day yes family has a big part in your relationship and all of that but if you truly like care about someone and love someone I think you're building a life with them independently you can be strong enough to be like hey I don't give a fuck what you say like this is the person that I want to be with period the end I think that's a that, that was a question what's the biggest lesson you've learned so far in dating and relationships and I think there's so many that we've touched on, but I think, you know, it's like never settle and don't compromise. Like if you know what you want, if you know what you, what your boundaries are, don't allow yourself, like he checks all the other boxes, but he doesn't check that one, but that's the big one. Don't, don't go settle. for nine out of 10. If 10 is like the biggest one to you. And I, and I learned that, you know, it's like, don't compromise, don't settle. Like you have to know, but but with that, it comes like you have to really know who you are and what you want and trust yourself and be willing to be alone, you know, be willing to eat lunch alone kind of thing. Yeah. It's going to take longer when you're refusing to settle. But I think biggest lesson I've learned is don't settle because everything that's happening, you're learning from it. And when the right person comes, you will be all the better for it and you'll be ready for it because you refuse to take like to deal with all the other ones before that.
I don't know, what's your biggest lesson you think? For me, um, this goes into, you'll notice that I reference uh, my long-term relationship a lot just because it was such a pivotal part of my life. It was during COVID and like the breakup happened during COVID and it was like almost four years. And I essentially grew up with this person. I learned exactly what I didn't want. I learned really sour parts about people and just the person that I was dating and just how it doesn't matter how long you can date someone, you'll never get to fully like know them. You know, if there's no line of communication, if there's just withholding of any kind. But I think the biggest lesson that I learned happened when I was out of this relationship. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, it was just, you could be the prettiest woman. You could be, well, let's not say woman, the prettiest person. You could be the smartest. You could be qualified in all the ways. You could be someone's dream person. In my case, I was cheated on. And the thing that I learned is you could be all of those things and someone can still, you know, pull a rug from under you and be like, Hey, it's over. And it's never your fault. I think that that was a really hard thing for me to understand because I always, for a while, I thought, could I have done something differently? Where did I go wrong? And here I would dissect conversations of ours and be like, did I say something wrong here? Did I like overstep? Did I make him angry? Did I suggest like a place to go that he didn't want to go? It was, it was as minute as that. Like it was a really big lesson because you could do all the right things and you could still, you know, someone could still do that to you, but it doesn't mean that you're less worthy. 100%. I have also been cheated on, not to that level because it wasn't that deep, but like it wasn't a four-year almost relationship, but it's not, it's not fun or easy to go through no matter when it happens or how it happens. But I think I've learned that lesson as well. The context of multiple different people like and and I think at the end of the day that's a lesson that we all need to learn and we all just learn it differently yeah and like I learned it with situationships or friends with benefits you know it's like one person catches feelings the other one's not there yet or maybe they are but they just, they're not ready for commitment right and I've had that happen too like that was the guy that I saw pretty much the whole time I was in law school every couple of months he would come back I want this like right before grad I graduated he's a year above me he was like, I want this with you. I see end game with you. Like, I do want to be with you. All of these things. I'm like, I want to believe you. I really do. But I need you to show me at this point. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I, and I literally, I told all my friends, I was like, either he really just doesn't know what he wants or he's, he's just that afraid of commitment. But at some point you would think how much he cares about me and he feels for me after two and a half years of literally not having sex with him. I never had sex with him. I refused to because I knew that I would get hurt more than I already was. At some point you would think that him caring about me genuinely because he wouldn't be coming back at some point. Like the first year was a sick joke. Two and a half years later, it's it, there's no fucking way. Like he genuinely has to give a shit. How, like, how is his fear of commitment? Like you would think that that, out, that outweighs the fear of commitment. So he must just not know what the fuck he wants but either way I'm not sitting around and waiting to find out it's not happening and it's a really hard like to walk away but it got to the point where it's like it's not even fun anymore like at some point you have to just realize like it's just not fun anymore and it, it sucks it's like you want to like second guess every single detail like I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have done this I what about and it's like no like he just wasn't that into you it's it's that movie like he's just yeah not literally 
And like, there's literally nothing you can do about it, but you know what? You learn from it because you, you're not going to make that same mistake twice. And I think that's the biggest lesson of learn from every mistake, learn from every lesson. Don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Take it and get anywhere. You know what? It's not gonna happen to me again. I'm not, you know, pull me once, shame on you, pull me twice, shame on me. Like exactly. You're not gonna get a third try. You might get one or two, but you're not gonna get a third. This guy got way too many. And it it came to a point where literally the week before the bar exam, he texted me how studying going. And I was like, You don't get to do this anymore. No, we're not going there. Cut it off real, real fucking quick. And he got pissed at me and I was like, I don't care. Like, no, like you had your shot and you blew it. Don't even try me. Yeah, my mom was like, just block him. I'm like, I'm not going to block him because I'm not going to give him satisfaction. It's like, don't try again. Like, why? Like you, and I, and I, I'm pretty confident at this point. He knows if he tries again, I swear to God, I'm going (laughs) to lose my shit. Literally like my best friend was like, every time I start to forget about him, he texts you. (laughs) I was like, literally, it's like, he knows his ears are ringing that like, she's forgetting about me. I need to text her. But like, just don't make the same mistake twice. I think that's the biggest lesson. And like, it kind of goes into the next one. Like, how do you know if you're in a healthy versus toxic relationship? How do you feel at the end of the day? I think like, are you proud of yourself? Are you happy? Are you feeling like you're safe and protected and you're getting what you want? At the end of the day, if you know what you want and you're open about it and you're not getting it, why are you there? And that goes for friendships too, by the way, but. Yeah, I think a healthy relationship is understanding. A toxic relationship is the blame game, is you're in an argument. You're not thinking, oh, how can I have this conversation in a way that is gentle and in a way that is compassionate with my partner? You're just thinking, how can I get out of being at fault for whatever happened? Like you're just trying to win the argument and you're not trying to, you know, nurture your relationship and and have that moment to, to allow yourself to grow from the experience. I think that's like the easiest way to put it. A healthy relationship will never put you in a situation where you feel like someone is willing to lose you. Yeah, I like that. I don't know. Actually, this is a good one. It's not one of the questions here, but I just thought about it. They say like, like you shouldn't, like he shouldn't love you a hundred percent because then he feels like he, you know, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, he has to, yeah. like the 90, 90, 10 rule. I've 90%, heard of that. He's still chasing that 10% because if right. he reaches that a hundred percent, then, you know, He's secure. He doesn't feel like he has to work for it anymore. And then it's like not the fun part of it dies. The intimacy, that like connection, that banter, it dies because he's not chasing you. Like there should always be, someone should always still be not necessarily chasing, but like working. Unattainable almost. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that he should love you more than you love him. I've heard that. Yeah. I believe that because if the girl loves the guy more then she's willing to put up with a lot more shit, like the guy's always working for it because there's she's still holding back that a little bit you know it makes it keeps it alive I think and keeping it alive that so-called spark that you know people always ask like how's the spark like 30 years later it's like because he's still chasing he's still trying he's still wanting to like make it work with her I feel like she's gonna she's gonna give a lot more than he is if he's not giving something then what are you guys working for what you know so I don't know what are your thoughts on that like the 90 10 rule I've heard of that um I think without even noticing I lived that rule because I was with someone who I loved so much more than they loved me and I only knew this you know, after the relationship. Of course, you always Um, find out after. But that's why reflecting on it is like segue before we go into that. Like when you break up with someone, like mourn it. Like you're gonna grieve it. You're gonna, it's gonna suck for a little while, but then let yourself feel it. But then go back and like dissect it for your own sake. And real, like 
look at, look deeply into it and recognize all the things that happened that, so you don't do them again. And like, yeah, we realize all of that way later, not sometimes even two, three relationships later, and we've made the same mistake again. Yeah. But if we really took that time like, to not jump into another relationship, just because you're lonely and you're really recognizing like all of the healing that needs to happen, I think it's so, so much better. And that's why I went, you know, three years between call, like all of lost wives didn't have sex. I refused to, I held back for my own sanity and for my own health and sake. So I could figure my shit out. And now I have, yeah. and I'm so much more appreciative and I know what I want. And since then I've had sex and I was like, you know what? That wasn't what I wanted. I'm going to walk away. Would I, if, would, would I have been able strong enough to do that? If I hadn't had that break, probably not, but continue anyway, segue. No. <laughs> you liked him you loved him so much more than he loved you and you realized it later uh just because of the things that I would put up with like if I wanted to go somewhere on a date and he didn't want to I would settle I would be like okay we don't have to go today it's fine and we just never go or if he wanted to play video games with his friends and I wanted to watch a movie I would sit literally on his bed just chilling on my phone and be like okay that's okay you can do whatever you want and I never set like boundary but also expectation to what I wanted the relationship to be. It was three years in, like, you know, you do get comfortable at one point, but, and this isn't to say that like any of what happened was like directly an issue with me or with him or anything. I think it was a, com- a culmination of like a bunch of things, but yeah, I, I think that that rule that you mentioned, I think that does ring true. Sometimes I, I think that I, I lived it without noticing. And um, now I feel like I'm in, in a relationship where it's like, I feel like it's a, a le- like a leveled kind of feel. Like, I don't think I necessarily love him more or he loves me more. I think we just appreciate each other as humans and as friends and as partners in a way that it's not like a, like a competition. Like I'm not fighting for his attention. He's not fighting for mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you listen to Madison Beer, but there's that song where she's like, you said you would die without me. So why aren't you dead yet? So why aren't you dead yet? You said you could live without me. You said you could live without me. So why aren't you dead yet? Yeah. And I remember that was like a breakup anthem for me at one point. (laughs) But it's true. It's like, yeah, it's like the the 90-10 rule. Like it's like, you know, if you're gonna, like if the girl is usually gonna be that person, like, you know, I would die with him. He completes me, my other half, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, because then you're, you're gonna, you're gonna brush aside all of these red flags. And the, at the end of the day, the only one who gets hurt here is you. He's going to walk yep. away unscathed. So yeah, yep. I don't necessarily agree. Like that's be exactly 90, 10, but he, he has to know that he's, you're like, I sent it to my friends today on Instagram and on. I should have sent it to you since we were going to talk about this. <laughs> I it think was, it's a matter of also just like knowing that you can't take your partner for granted and you can't take your relationship for granted. It was um, humble enough to know I'm replaceable, cocky enough to know that it's going to be a downgrade, oh, yes. cocky I enough to know it's going to be a downgrade. Yeah. yeah. Like it's that it's like, you know, great. They break up with you. It's not the end of the world. Like you're going to be fine. But if you love them that much and you think that you're going to die because they're no longer there, they know that and they know they're going to get away with it. So you can't let them think that they're going to get away with it. And you have to have that like tension of like, they always have like challenge them. I, at least for me, one of my biggest turn ons, that's a good question. Like what turn on, turn off, like challenge me, question me, not in like, exactly. not in a like, 
scolding way, but like, I'm a very curious person. I want to have intellectual conversations. I want to be intellectually stimulated more like that to me physically turns me on. It's like, challenge me. Like if I'm talking about something and like, you want to stop me and be like, but why do you think that? I'm going to be like, shit. Okay, let's go. Like, yeah. Why do I think that? I don't know. I just said that. Let me really think about now why I think that. And I think that to me is so much more fun. Like in a weird way at some deep level, it's fun for me. Yeah. So you, like you said that like, you know, comedy, like being funny is like a big turn on for you. For me, it's not so much comedy. Like, I mean, yeah, I hope you make me laugh, but it's like, I I need someone who is on my level. Like you don't necessarily need to be like, like, a doctor, lawyer, architect, engineer, like like on that academically, but like that you are, you know, you're very intelligent. You're on top of your shit. You know, like you're, you're very successful. You're confident, you're ambitious and that you can support me and my ambitions and I can support you. And if like, we can talk about business things, like not that we're going to work together because I really don't want to work with my husband, but like, you know, that you're going to be like, Hey, maybe you should do it. Like what, what about this? Like, maybe this is a good idea for you. Or maybe, you know, like that we can really like go back and forth and challenge each other. That to me is the biggest like turn on it. It really is like, it's so strange. But when I get like someone that's like, okay, but why do you think that? I'm like, I don't know. Why do I think that? So I don't know. What are, what are some of your like biggest turn ons? I love intellectual stimulation as well. Um, I don't know if you're into horoscopes. Actually, I think you are. Yeah, I am. So I'm a Gemini and we are ruled by like the mind and stuff. And I think if I can have a conversation with you that is deep, that is insightful, but it's not like pretentious in any way, like it's not fabricated. It's literally just us having a genuine conversation and you having some input that challenges me or makes me question my beliefs that is such a turn on oh yeah I'm the same way (laughs) I'm the same way I'm a Sagittarius but I'm the same like that that's what I mean like yeah like make me think like make me really question myself and I just I love learning I'm a very curious person so yeah so what are your what's your like biggest turn off someone who is just a facade of themselves when they like first meet you. If you go on like a first date with a guy and you could just tell that they're putting on a show just to see like if they can impress you or whatever. I went on a date with a guy once and this is literally going to sound like a joke. I went on a date with a guy once and this is obviously before my boyfriend and we had made plans to meet at a local restaurant and I was like, okay, I'll meet you there. He's like, oh, you don't want me to pick you up? I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I'll meet you there. It's close to my house, whatever. I get there and he's reading a book. I'm like, okay. (laughs) We're like having dinner and you just have like a full book in his face. And I literally had to walk to the table, get close to his face and be like, hi. That's so weird. It's just like the pretentious, like douchey energy is such a turnoff. Like just be yourself. I don't care if you don't have the most impressive career, if you, I don't know, if you don't know much about current events, whatever, like it it just, just be yourself, you know, like I don't need the encyclopedia. I don't need like a news report, like right in front of me kind of thing, just to show me that you're informed or or knowledgeable or whatever, when you're truly not, you know? Yeah. I honestly, I think that's like kind of mine too, is because I'm so open and public. And I like, if you listen to my podcast, like you will know like enough about me to know what I like and what I don't like, probably, you know, a lot of times, like, 
people will find out that I have a podcast like oh I want to listen I'm like it's really not for a male audience but sure like um if you want to like it's not like if you follow me on Instagram you're gonna see it so go ahead yeah but then they like they think that they know what I like so then they're trying to put on this show or like guys in general just like but you know like they're gonna drop money on like a nice bottle or like they're gonna go to the fancy restaurant or like let's go to this club and like I know how to dance because I love I I say I love to dance and they're like oh I can dance and then they actually can't it's like yeah pretending that they like something that they're there's something that they say they're not even if it's an embellishment but it's like just Just to appeal to you like I I can sense that and like or the minute I can sense it I'm gonna be like I'm not having fun anymore like yeah don't just drop the pretense like I am to a fault and like to an actual fault not pretentious at all like I literally am who I am 1000% same and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say shit that I probably shouldn't say and it's gonna get me into trouble but like you know if you at least you can walk away saying like I was fully myself in that moment and I spoke my mind so yeah exactly like if you were like trying to put on a show for me and flatter yourself like it's just like save it like I'm not that girl like I can read through the it's bullshit. It's not a good look. And it's just not, why? Then like, so the facade comes off two years in and then it's like, I, you're a whole different person. Like, no, like that's not fun. Like, I don't want to waste my time. Like, don't waste my, exactly. like, my biggest, I think my biggest turn off is just don't fucking waste my time. 1000%. Like, yeah, that, that that's it. So one of the other questions I want to ask you that was on here was what are your love languages? So my primary one is quality time secondary physical touch the third one is words of affirmation the fourth one is acts of service and the last one is whatever the last one is which is gifts i I remember gifts yes yeah i'm words of affirmation and physical touch and i think they're one and two they're like very like close and then quality time for sure acts of service and then gifts like I can buy myself a fancy purse I don't need you to buy exactly I would rather gift someone something like that makes me more happy than yeah I, I so how yeah that's a good one how do you give love like I give love by quality time and acts of service and like they're not like big acts of service they're like here's a glass of wine I saw you had a bad yeah. day like that's my act of service for me it comes across as like quality time physical touch of like yeah the endearingness but I do that too but my big one is words of affirmation for me um how I give love is I guess it's similar to how I receive love because quality time is a big one for me so for example my boyfriend and I do a date night every single week and we take turns so we'll be like okay he'll plan this one next uh this week and then I'll plan the next one and that's like a form of quality time that I look forward to so much even just like random movie nights or like we've been watching Ted Lasso which is finished it today and um he'll come over for just a few hours and we'll just like watch a show or something and that's like major quality time for me and it just makes me feel so connected to him and stuff because like in between like the shows that we watch or whatever we'll have like really good conversation and like we'll catch up with like it's a really like busy work schedule so do I but like you know we don't really see each other like every day so it's, it's nice to have that little like separation to like have that quality time at the end of the week and just you know be together so yeah I love that that is something I really want to when I have a relationship I would love to have like date night Friday and like take turns like doing stuff for each other or just like making it a point to like even if we haven't seen each other and especially when we end up living together but like even when we're not at the beginning like making a point that every Friday it's a non-negable show like we might go out with our friends after to go dancing or something that's exactly what we do but like or like go to happy hour with work and then meet each other for date night and then go whatever or go home but like date night like it's happening and like 
try a new restaurant or like go to a new experience or do different things like that's like such a goal of mine that's literally like I have a manifestation list that's legit like on my list of like I want that in my relationship like I have it by category yeah I have it by category like physical career financial like vision like family relationship overall like I literally have it in categories I was going to mention this because I know you're so into manifesting for the people who obviously this isn't a video thing. So you're not seeing this, but this is things I want to manifest for 2022. This is December, 2021. I met my boyfriend on January 28th of December of January, 2022. And like, I literally wrote down a list of just like everything I wanted in a person. And I do it for like career, for family, for home, like literally everything, like just how you're saying. And he checks off all the boxes. Like, it's insane how people really, I mean, now I feel like it's more of like a quote unquote trend or more normalized to manifest and, you know, script and all of that. But people really underestimate the power of manifestation and scripting. I don't know if you saw on my 2022 vision board, like it literally says, I'm a lawyer right there. Like, I'm on the screen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) confused for people listening but it literally says I'm alert it's my background on my computer and my phone I made that December 2021 and I every 11 11 for the last month like well leading up to it like I actually someone asked like are you religious and like we don't have to go into that one but like I am very spiritual I like to manifest and I started praying a lot more like I grew up Catholic and I have like my own relationship and I was praying a lot more every night during studying. Like, I pray that I pass. I pray that my anxiety eases and I can get through the test. Like, I literally would pray to slow down and read the question fully so I could really answer it to the best of my ability. And like, that literally is what I would pray for. And like, that I would pass. And then after I took it, well, the night that I took it, my grandma sent me a Spanish, like two prayers, like two different saints of education and like test test taking and that kind of stuff. And I did them and like Palo Santo, like the whole night in the hotel room, like I legit like CBD, Palo Santo, all the things. And like I did a meditation, like a Melissa Wood Health meditation, shout out to her. If you don't do it, you really should. And like, and then every 11-11 since the test, I would, you'd look at my phone look at the 1111, look at the, I'm a lawyer and like, be like, I'm a lawyer. Like, I know I'm a lawyer. Like I passed. I I would literally, it's like, I wish I pray that I like, dear Lord, I pray that I pass. Like, and then I would look at it and be like, I passed. Like, I know I passed and I did. And it's like, I literally, like, I feel like I manifest. And which is why I kind of, I feel like I'm in shock because it's like, holy shit. Like that's like the, the biggest thing that I manifested and it came true. So now I know like it really does work and it really can happen. I really can manifest that relationship when the right time is. But I know right now I'm in a season of building my career, building my empire. And I know I have it on my list. I know I want it deep down. and I'm very vocal about it. I need a guy who matches my energy and who respects my ambition, respects my hustle. Because if they're going to learn to resent me, I want no part in that. And I will support them 100,000%, but I need them to do that in return. And so that's not the season of life that I'm in. And that's okay. And in the meantime, I'm going to stay on dating apps for shits and giggles and go meet people because it's fun. Yeah. But like I'm focusing on me right now and my business. And that's, that's all there is to it, you know? So I'm 100% all about manifesting. I think it's so freaking cool when you, rec- you realize that it can work. I think that's such a beautiful uh, season of life 
life that you're in because it reminds me of where I was in 2020 when I started my business. And you were my age. You were 24. Like I was 24. Yeah. (laughs) I'm telling you 24, like 23 is like the shittiest year because it's your first year out of college. You're figuring out like your whole life is in front of you. 24, like the, the switch flips and it's like you, you're a little bit more sure of yourself and like, it's, gonna be okay like you you made it through like that first year of uncertainty like you're gonna be fine I'm about to turn 25 and I'm the happiest and most fulfilled I've ever been and don't get me wrong I'm the most overwhelmed I've ever been too but like I know that now like the job falling through this guy and and not working out like it literally like everything I've said this for years like everything happens for a reason but like I know that bigger things are coming and I can sense coming and I'm like I'm ready for it like let's go like and I joke with all my friends like I just want to meet a guy in the wild like I literally was telling (laughs) his best friend I need a wingman like I want to meet a guy in the wild where do I meet guys let's go tell my friends this all the time it's like I'm ready I'm open to it but also like I'm a focus on me right now but no it's such a beautiful season of life I really believe it really is so funny that it was for you like 24 two years ago like there's something about this like early like everyone's like they think like you're dead at 30 and it's like you're freaking out the older you the closer to 30 I'm like I'm I'm just getting started like I 24 like I can't wait to turn 25 like I'm excited for what's next I make jokes about turning 30 all the time it's like my favorite bit that I do like people will be like, oh, how old are you? And I'll be like, oh, like almost 30. Like <laughs> I'm only 24. Ex- I can't fucking wait to be 30. Are you kidding? I'm very excited for 30 because I mean, obviously everyone says that it's like, you know, the best years of your life or whatever, but I'm in the same place as you in the sense that like, I'm just getting started. Like now is when I feel the most established within my business, within my career, within my relationship, knock on wood, like 500 times. I'm so grateful for everything that I have. And it, it's such a beautiful, like, feeling to to like go from 24 to 25 26 whatever and know that you're setting yourself up today for future you you're doing little it could be the most minuscule thing you could like I don't know write something down in your notebook today and that's going to affect you you know the year prior or something but it's just so beautiful to know that you're in this place of this like sheer confidence that no one can take away from you especially you at 24 opening your business and like you know just starting yeah, everything it's like, I don't have any of those things like business just getting started you know I have no idea what's gonna happen with it but I'm excited for it and I'm meeting all the right people and they're they're giving me so much more than I could have asked for and expected and hoped for in this I've announced it two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago and yeah. like I could not have imagined and relationship you know also nothing going on there right now but I feel like but you're setting yourself up I'm setting myself up for success and it's it's really exciting and I truly cannot wait to turn 30 because I can't wait to look back at 30 to where I am now and like go back and listen to these episodes like they're gonna always be there my blog posts I will on occasion go back and read them read I'll on occasion I'll scroll my down my own Instagram feed and like read what I was talking about then and I'm like oh my God, I've come so far. Like, I can't wait to look back and be so proud of the girl that I am now because I look back right now at the girl I was two, three years ago and I'm like, she was in so much pain. She was hurting so much, but like, look how much she's grown and like, look how she's channeled all of that to where she is now. So I honestly can't wait for 30 and, you know, to have a family and to have all the things that I've manifested and that I want. But really, I just, I can't wait to see where I am at 30. 
and you know, yeah. five years from now. And honestly, we were talking with the other day, my parents and I like my five year or my 10 year high school reunion is in like two and a half years, three years. And it's like, I can't wait to like see everybody and see where everyone Mine ended up two years. because I don't think they would have expected half of the shit that I've done from me. Like the person I was then was so unhappy and so miserable, frankly. Yeah. And like, I I wish I could go back and hug that girl. I really wish I could. And, you know, I'm excited to see like everyone, you know, selfishly like you're all like, like, oh my God, you're doing so great. But like, I want people (laughs) to be like, she made it out okay. Like she's fine. Like we're good. Yeah. She's good. When I passed the bar, my my little, my sorority, like and my Greek life little, my boy little text me is like, I'm so fucking proud of you. Like I never doubted it for a second. Professors sent that to me. High school professors sent that to me. Like college professors, my law school deans and like professors and you know, my family, of course, like random people, like I met on a, I went on a cruise my first semester of law school, like two months before the pandemic, I went mm-hmm. on a cruise with my family. And I'm so really good friends with one of these guys. And he's like, I never doubted it for a second that you would pass. I'm so fucking proud of you. And I'm like, I was, I don't know what the hell I was doing then. Like yeah. that girl hated law school, was miserable, wanted to drop out, was about to. And like this random, str- at the time, stranger had this belief in me. And now he's not a stranger anymore. And he's texting me that and like or like I called him and he's like I'm so glad you called me it's like I knew with you like I knew I needed to be a phone call because during bar prep he happened to be in Miami for a conference he's like I know you're studying but like I'm taking you to dinner let's go he like forced me to get out of the library he doesn't even live in this city he happened to be in town an hour away mind you he oh my gosh he ubered an hour to take me to dinner because he's like I know you need a break and I know you're not going to feed yourself so I'm taking you to dinner let's go you're not I'm not taking you no for an answer so I was like, you deserve a fucking phone call. <laughs> like, and he was like, I never doubt it. I'm so fucking proud of you. And I'm like, just really cool to see like that evolution, how far I've come. So I'm excited for 30. And I'm just really like these conversations, like, so many people are so afraid to have these like amongst like themselves, like their closest friends. Like I'm so lucky that I fostered a community of people that I can have these conversations with. And, you know, I think it's really special that we can bring it to the podcast and have other people listen and hopefully foster it in themselves. Like you're listening and like you want to come talk to us about it. Like I know for Ashley, like her DMs are always open. My DMs are always open. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's really cool to be able to, once you start, like, I'll say this, like once you start showing up unapologetically as yourself, everything changes. Like the whole game changes. You're the girl next door for me. It's like, un- I'm unapologetically myself. Like, si me gusta bien y si no también. Like, yes. you don't have to like me. <laughs> you don't have to like me. You probably won't like me at first, but I'm going to come around and you're going to be like, damn, like, I appreciate that so much more now. And like, I want to know what she's up to because maybe she can help me too. And like, that's what I want to be. And that's always my goal with the podcast is helping others. And with my career as an attorney, um, like I signed up to do pro bono work today. Like that was like my big thing today. Like I, I emailed the guy that I interned for and I was like, I want to do pro bono work, whatever you need. I'm here to help. Like, even if it's something that I have no interest in doing, like on a like career wise, but like I want to, I want to give back. That's really important to me because if it wasn't for the community that I've built, that has gotten me this far, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I want to keep doing that. So I don't know. I, I love getting to have conversations like this. Like, and we can do so many more, like there's like so much to unpack with intimacy alone, but I think yeah. this is like a really good start to the conversation. Cause just so many people are afraid to talk about it, but honestly, it's one of my favorite topics. I'm nosy. I just want to know, like, I'm curious, like, what have you done? What do you like? What do you don't like? What do you like? 
what do you want to try? What do you don't want to try? Like, I'm, I love asking my friends that and like, I don't know, it's fun for me. So I think it's super fun. And I think that I I think it's so important to have these conversations too, because I feel like there is such a stigma around like intimacy relationships, even around speaking about our career as content creators and influencers, not many people are open about things in the industry, the behind the scenes, the, you know, just everything that goes on. So I think that if we're able to facilitate those conversations, then you know, that's what we're here for, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, we got so many questions about that, like the industry side and consecration and like really deep diving on that. So we'll definitely have to do a part two because this is getting really long, but yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry guys. Sorry, not excited. sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's been super fun. No, I mean, to people listening, <laughs> like, sorry, this is <laughs> freaking long, but I'm not sorry because it's, it's so important to have these conversations, but you know, that's the beauty of being unapologetically ourselves online, like facilitating these conversations. And, you know, with like the content creation and like going behind the scenes and like contracts and how do you get brand deals and buying followers? Like those are all things that came up in the questions. It's like, we'll definitely do a part two, but it's like, it goes that same thing. Don't compromise yourself. Like you know what you want, you know what you like, you know what you don't like. Don't settle relationships, brand partnerships, deals like don't buy followers it's not worth it like all these different things like or your content yeah like I don't know there's so much more we can talk about that has to be a whole another episode but and like also like I really like I really want to play the game like the let's fucking play with you just like for fun like totally so down okay like let's do like a wine night or something like actually in person charcuterie board like the whole nine I'd be so down yes we can do it like that'd be so fun I don't know if you've heard of dipsy it's like short sexy audio stories and it's like no I've never heard of that an app that I'll send you their Instagram um or I'll, I'll like send you the app but they their whole goal is to help women learn about themselves and like their pleasure and their intimacy and they have short, sexy oh. stories. And I, I've been, I have a 30 day free trial. I'm, I sent, I'm going to send you the 30 day free trial link, but oh my God, it is like, it's really cool. Like they are very knowledgeable, like just like their blog of like female wellness and like how it's a mindset thing for us and how it's mental. And like, there's so many other layers that society doesn't talk about, but then the stories that they have and like, you could choose like him, her him her him like if you want to fantasize about some like a threesome and then they have like him and you or her and you like so it's like you hear like hint like each like they have like hunks and it's like each guy has a storyline and like there's different chapters so they have like a designated partner but then at the end of their like section they have like a him and you and like so you get to now put yourself in that like so you can put yourself in her shoes while it's like a him and her story right but it's like him and you and you can put yourself you can pretend that that's literally happening to you and obviously it's like a way to help like foster masturbation but it's also like just like listening to and like being comfortable like if you're afraid of dirty talk or like you've never experienced it before like getting comfortable with that and knowing like okay maybe I don't like this or like actually like I do like this. Now I know that in the next time I can ask for that. Like exactly. It's a really, it sounds like a really good resource. Just honestly, it's an incredible, it's an incredible resource. I would love like manifesting this right now. If by the time this episode of lives, Dipsy wants to be a sponsor of my podcast, that would be sick. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm literally like, I'm manifesting it. Like I want them to be a sponsor of this podcast. 100%. It like, I talk about wellness overall wellness and mental health and sexual health they go together 
And that's what this is at the end of the day. It's about sexuality and having a good sexual relationship with yourself. Because if you don't have a good, going back to that first question, like 21 and haven't lost it, like, um, am I a loser? Like, no, like you need to have a good sexual relationship with yourself. If you're gonna have a good sexual relationship with anybody. And once you have that, you can decide, do you, how adventurous or how non-adventurous do you want to be? And I think Dipsy is a really great resource for that the Serena Kerrigan let's fucking play card game like little things like that that I don't know I I really like come into my own like like I said like there was a lot of situations that I've 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 done a lot of things that I now know that I enjoy or that I don't enjoy I wish I would have done them in a different situation but at the end of the day I learned from it and I use that to guide me in the next one and I you know like now having these tools and these resources, like people can figure that out without having to make the same mistakes that we did. And I think the more we're open about them, the better it is for everybody. And I, I love that I get to be the one to facilitate these conversations. It's so, it's so freaking cool to me. This is like two hours long, but thank you so much for, well, we're probably going to keep going once we stop the recording, but at least we'll stop the recording for you guys. Yeah. Go to bed. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everybody find you and reach out to you, DM you and keep having this conversation? Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. I can't wait for our actual like IRL (laughs) situation with the wine and the charcuterie and everything. It's going to be so fun. You can find me on at the Ash for all on all platforms. I think I just have Instagram and TikTok for now. So yeah, you can just follow me over there. My DMs are always open. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. I'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. Mm -hmm.